Welcome back, everybody, to the Urban Whispers podcast. I am your host, Lacey Knight, and I am so excited that Isha, my co-host, is here with us tonight. So on the docket for us this evening, of course, there's going to be the Isha introduction because she did not get a chance to talk to you all last week. But we're also going to talk about an amazing IR or multicultural romance book called Beast by Pepper Pace. And we're also going to discuss Bambi by Lady Nisha. And before we jump into that, I'm also just really grateful and thankful to the 50 listeners or the whoever's just been listening to it on repeat from last week's episode. Um, Isha, you'll be surprised to know that we are now international. This is an international podcast, people. We are in the United States. We are in Argentina. We are in Canada. And we are in Uganda. So whoever those people are listening to us, what's up? I'm so excited. And I... Isha, welcome, welcome, welcome. Tell the people a little bit about thank yourself. You, thank you, thank you. Um, let's see, I am Isha. Um, I have been reading romance since I was around 11 or 12 years old. I started off with like the, um, I guess, kind of raunchy stuff for that age because I was reading like um, Joanna Lindsay and, and uh <laughs> Jackie Collins and um, Sydney Sheldon. So yeah, I was doing a bit much then, but um, around 2008, 2009, um, I started reading interracial romance and um, I realized that that's just my niche. Um, that's pretty much the only genre I read now. Occasionally I might read some sci-fi or some general fiction or um, maybe a political thriller, but for the most part, everything I read now is IR. Hmm, and why is it, what is it about IR that has you so locked in? Because a lot of the other fiction um, that has black female heroines tends to stereotype us. Um, I would prefer to see, um, I guess, more of a, a a better view of us. Um, that's not seeing all of us as being, you know, wretched and ghetto. That they can see that all Black women are not the same. That um, we are educated. Um, we have diverse tastes. And a lot of times, IR romance does do that. And it doesn't put us in a box. It it shows women who love who they love. It doesn't right. limit you to um, loving black men. And and you're not most of these books. Um, it doesn't make you feel like the people in there are really being judged. A lot of them, if they're really well written, they make you feel like you're just sitting there and like hey this is kind of like my life or you know this is what I actually see going on versus the other stuff that's almost like um almost like a tv drama yes that's what we're here for the drama <laughs> no 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 we, we don't need all drama we need some sweet stuff every now and then and yeah, a little drama but but some of the some of the urban stuff is like whoa i know, you know? and we're gonna talk about some whoa later that's I, i'm here for the whoa i'm here for the sweet i'm here for all of the nuances so um before we jump into our reviews for the week 
I do have a question. It has nothing to do with multicultural, urban, interracial romance at all. Do you watch reality TV? I really watch TV. Most of the time, what I watch is old shows. Occasionally, there may be something that comes up on Netflix that I want to watch. But like the last, I guess, thing that you would call like reality type TV I watched was Love is Blind. I'm going to need you to watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because I need to have a dialogue with you about this ridiculous scandal that just happened. (laughs) But if you watch it, there's no context for you. (laughs) I I have a hard time doing that because even though it's supposed to be like reality, everything still seems so scripted and so staged that it's not natural. So for me, you know, it's just Kind of like when you watch the wrestling now, like back in the day, you'd be all excited because everything felt real. And now when you watch the, when you watch like WWE, you look at the end credits and they have writers. Why do you need writers for wrestling? They always have writers for wrestling. I was a huge wrestling fan. You really thought that was real back in the day? The Undertaker? No, no, no. Hulk no, okay. Hogan, no, no, no. I'm not, there. No, uh, no, no, ma'am. I'm not talking then. I'm talking like back in the 70s. Like Uh-oh. Ricky Steamboat, Wahoo McDaniels, you know, the real deal. Not these people just posing for TV. The ones that, you know, it looked like you were seeing spit and blood flying and stuff. Not this, hmm, not this Chrissy stuff now. Oh, so you were really into, you really into wrestling? Because I love wrestling. I don't I was, I was really into wrestling back then. I was like, oh, Ricky Steamboat was my heart. Mm. I like Jake the Snake Roberts, all of that stuff back then. That was the thing because you didn't really like cable TV wasn't really a big thing back then. And there wasn't a lot that was on. You had like your network TV shows, the news. And then like on the weekends, you had like um, like Casey Kasem's top 10. And, and then you had like the the uh, Kung Fu flicks that they showed on Saturday night after the um countdown and then at one point it got to where it would be Friday night music videos mm. so that, that was what you had when you were young then you watched the wrestling you watched Dallas uh, Dallas you watched whatever <laughs> your parents grandma had you watching because it wasn't there wasn't much to look at then I wasn't around in the 70s but I do know Dallas because yeah. I remember JR getting yeah. shot mm. and uh, that was primetime TV <laughs> that was the big thing and I'm telling my age now, so. No, you're not. Because you, I'm like, I watch, I just said I watched Dallas. I was like, I don't remember who shot JR, but I definitely know he got shot and apparently it was a big thing. Who shot him? You know what? I do not remember. Oh, man. I don't remember. Who shot JR? I'm going to look it up. We'll find out. We, we're we're going to have to because I'd like to know. Now you got me thinking about that and I really don't want to. <laughs> Kristen Shepard, Jr. scheming sister-in-law and mistress. Oh, he was sleeping with his sister-in-law? He was sleeping with everybody. Well, all right then, Jr. So let me find out. He was just the uh, Nicky Newman of uh, Dallas. That's probably what was making Sue Ellen drink. He was sleeping with everybody. Yes, Sue Ellen. I thought Sue Ellen was uh, married to his brother. No, I, his brother was Bobby, but Su- no, Sue Ellen was his wife. I can't think of um, I can't think of Bobby's wife's name, but 
Bobby. But anywho, now you're gonna have Dallas stuck in my head. Yes, I'm like that. Yeah, because I'm all about it. Robert James Ewing. Who was he married to? Real quick, real quick, real quick. Let me see. I, I, I want to think Pam, but I, I don't. I don't remember yep, you're right, Pam. And God, and I'm good. You you know your shows. Any and Look, Christopher I, Ewing was his adopted son, and now I might not remember what happened yesterday, but I, I remember my song lyrics from and my TV shows from back in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I just know Jr. got shot from Dallas because that's what all the people was talking about, and then there was Dynasty, and I remember oh, yeah. I remember Diane Carroll being on Dynasty. Yeah, and, and and that was kind of the big thing because you didn't um you didn't have black women in roles like that then and you know rich black women if you had black women on TV they were maids you know right and I think like just going or cooks back, or nannies exactly cooks nannies uh the loud friend that works some at a diner um. Mm-hmm. Or she well, just that's still now. Yeah, it is. But it's but Diane Carroll was just Madam Dever. What was her name? I, I'm saying Devereaux, but I don't know if oh, that was right. Oh, I you know what? I don't even remember because I didn't watch Dynasty. I watched Knots Landing because that was a spinoff from Dallas. So they all weren't spinoffs of Dallas. Yes, Knots Landing, and I, I and um, I. Was it Falcon? I don't. I don't oh, think yeah, Dominique Devereaux. That was her name. I was right. Yep, Dominique Devereaux. I think I was. I just liked how. Well, first of all, Diane Carroll's just a beautiful woman. But yes, just going is. back to you know what you mentioned earlier with how multicultural romance, IR, um, the heroines or the black women are just really. They're not all ghetto. They're not. You get a different lens into black women that most authors do not provide and i that's one of the things that i wanted to kind of uplift in our show period is that these authors as well even though the ones that write like gritty gritty urban dramas they're not just stay-at-home moms some of them are also um lawyers and teachers like they have amazing careers and in each genre, there's like these subsects of subsects of women. Some of them are your ghetto, ridiculously ruthless women. Some are gangsters. Then there's some women who just are college students that have like drama. There's women who are nurses, doctors. I just really appreciate that it's kind of like what you said, these women can't appear real the stories may be a bit filled filled with fantasy and unlikely to happen but the development of the characters you're like oh i know somebody like that and i love that you mentioned that i kind of mentioned that last week as well but since you don't watch reality tv i guess that there's no point in me talking to you about <laughs> monica and how she's basically an internet troll and she got onto the real housewives of salt lake city and she's been trolling these women for years they finally figured it out and it was just this huge blow up and i was like monica's uh 
a genius for the way that she was able to weave her way into the show and I live for her but it will fall on on deaf ears so we're just gonna move on (laughs) you know what because my thoughts would be like grown-ups still do things like this very much so especially bored grown-ups so you know the real housewives and the reason why I particularly like real housewives is because they're bored rich women and the problems that they have are so asinine to me like these women are very upset that this woman (laughs) trolled them or basically bullied them on the internet like she didn't do anything to them in their real lives but she caused them internet turmoil like she was antagonizing (laughs) them and they're so upset and they're so offended that she did these things and i'm like yo she was all you had to do was block her and you would have never seen her content but she was the troll and now she's on the show and they just they lost their shit in the last episode she but the thing was it was like all of these women were ganging up on her and monica just sat there like this beautiful goddess that she is her hair was blowing in the wind and she (laughs) she was tagging them right back like she cussed everybody out they were trying to go for her and (laughs) they couldn't take it she so all of these women are extremely wealthy and she i'm not going to say that she's poor but she doesn't have as much as they do obviously because these women are business owners um their husbands are business owners they have they've been and they're much older than her so they've amassed wealth because of age also and so she but but that's what the problem is This, this little underling this nobody from you know Exactly. How dare she come up and do this to us? Period. That's, more that's, exact, than... that's exactly what it was. They were, not only did she come and do that to them, but she also quickly became the fan favorite of their show. Like ugh, people love her. The whole the internet when this happened last week because this happened last Tuesday it was a week ago. This happened last Tuesday when the world found out. When I tell you, Twitter and Instagram blew up, and we were just like, "Monica's the best. We live for her." And also, their reunion starts. I think their reunion starts tomorrow. And so, um, she's sitting like right beside Andy Cohen, which is usually like reserved for the most important person on the show. And she's a <laughs> freshman, so it's like she ate. That's gonna eat them up too they're 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 oh my gosh they're they're livid they're gonna be livid they're going to be livid they can't take it and i'm just like when i tell you it was just riveting tv like i literally so first of all i never really watch the reality shows when they happen i usually watch everything all on thursday night i'll watch because i fast forward through everything i don't want to see all of the content i will watch southern charm Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Potomac, Married to Medicine. Like, I'll watch them all and just rush through them. So I happened to be in the bed on Tuesday night when this was going on. And, like, my phone was just buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. And I was like, what is going on? And Twitter was just going off. And Carlos King, who is an executive producer of reality TV, he was like, I'm getting ready to go live. And I was like, what is happening? So my very good friend um who watches these shows with me and we we have discourse about them all the time i was like 
texting him it's like what the fuck happened on real housewives of salt lake city because he usually watches it he didn't respond but i was like i need to know what's happening and so i call and he's asleep and i was like bitch get your ass up we about to watch real housewives of salt lake city right now because i don't know what's happening on the internet like the internet is exploded monica's on live talking about these people are crazy it was it was it was insane and so he didn't wind up watching it because he doesn't have cable. He has to watch it on Peacock, so he had to wait till Wednesday. But I am one of the few people, I guess, in the country that still has cable. And so, um, and apologies in advance, my cat is meowing. <laughs> but I was able to watch it regular. And when I tell you, like, the last 20 minutes of the show, I did not move. I did not make a peep. The way she just dragged these women was so great it was very, it was giving what you watched back in the day it was very much nice landing it was really much it was really dynasty can you imagine like i said they were sitting out they were in bermuda and they're outside at this wonderful dinner and they're dressed with their finest clothes and she has on this beautiful white gown and the wind is blowing and she's sitting there and her hair is just flowing through the wind and she's looking unbothered and these old white women are just their wrinkly skin and their botched faces from Botox going off on her and she was just looking young and beautiful and it was just great it was so good I enjoyed it a lot but you hit it on the head they can't take the fact that this young tenderoni came and pretty much stole their show she actually revived it because nobody was really paying attention to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because why would you? The reason people watched before, this woman named Jen Shaw is in jail for defrauding old people. So she, so she's in jail and people were just like, the show's going to get canceled. But Monica is the one, the Oracle. She brought it back. It was good. So you missed out on have somebody like, I'm oh, sorry. They've got to have somebody like that to revive things. You know, every show when it starts getting dead, they've got to bring in some new blood to to spice things up exactly they do it they do it big time Mm -hmm. exactly so why don't you go on and spice us up and tell us about pepper pace and bambi i'm not bambi i'm sorry beast yes okay let us know so um so pepper pace um is one of my favorite authors but i believe beast is the first book i read by her um she does interracial romance but she also does um some things that are, that are almost like I, I don't want to say sci-fi but it's almost kind of like Octavia Butler's writings but at any rate Beast was the first book I believe I read by her and it is like a modern day twist on Beauty and the Beast the characters um the main character christopher um is in the military he's this big guy that's like six five like really buff um but his face is deformed because he's had had like a bilateral cleft palate and some craniofacial issues and um he's just really quiet sticks to his job works out you know it just in the shadows ashley on the other hand is someone who's i guess would be considered one of those people that someone's always saying 
oh, you've got such a pretty face if you would only lose weight. So the book starts off with her ending her relationship with her boyfriend, not by choice. And, um, Oh, we spoiled. We might spoil it. Tell them what happened. Well, no, no, no. I'm I'm not gonna tell them what happened. I'm just gonna, you know, tell them from the beginning how things start. So she's like feeling depressed over this breakup and stuff, and um pretty much decides she's going to make some changes. In the midst of this, she meets Christopher and it, it, I guess it's kind of a twist on Beauty and the Beast because she's the one who's beautiful and by looks he would be considered the beast but as you read on and start to see some things you realize that Ashley is beautiful on the outside but you know she's got some changes she really needs to make on the inside whereas Chris from being I guess kind of shunned all his life um, being the outcast he's just this really awesome person but a lot of people don't get to see that because they can't see beyond his face right and so, so as the book progresses I, well, I don't know what I, I think I, I would I guess the way I was raised I would have that he was the type of person that I probably would have befriended but, um, but would you have dated book- him? Would you have dated Sloth from the Goonies? Because that's what that's what he his face was given in the descriptions that Pepper Pace gave. But, it's Sloth all day. For you know what it 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 almost is, and I don't know. I'm the type of person. I know this seems really silly. Like initially, I would be turned off by that. But as I got to know them better, if there were I like intelligent guys, so. If he was intelligent, if he could hold a good conversation, if he had a great personality and I felt comfortable around him, I I was just like, wow, this guy is just really, I just enjoy being in his presence. Then yes, I would. It would probably be one of those friends to lovers type thing. It wouldn't be something that it was like love at first sight, of course, because come on, I mean, we, we all have, you know, we like what we like and if we see someone who looks like that, most of us aren't going to be attracted. There's not going to be, be something else about also, them. And I'm also like, uh, I can't roll over in my sleep and open my eyes and see that in the middle of the night either. Like, I would freak out. But if this is the person that you love, you see beyond that. That's a lot you to know, see like beyond. After, well, after a while, you know, you kind of get used to it. You know, it, it, yeah. it, once you process it and you realize, you know what, this is different, but mm-hmm. I like it, then yeah. then it's not an issue anymore. Right. You're right. I think I read Beast and it's about 10 years old at this point. It's a 10 year old book, so we wouldn't necessarily be spoiling it for anybody who read. But <clears throat> and I but, but you know what? I I read it. I, so I'm I'm like this, I'm like a true nerd girl. I have books that I read that they're like my favorite books that I read at least once a year. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds silly, but every time I read them, absolutely I see not. New. It's not silly. I reread books all the time, and I and I reread specific sections of books to to just kind of like think about something or put me in this particular mindset 
when I've read it before or because I think you maybe you and I both I read so quickly because I'm just so excited like I'll go back I'm constantly always seeing something new after the fact yes or or the way that I've read the book before when I come back to it my perspective in life has shifted so yes and that, that makes a huge difference yeah yeah so I think when I first read Beast it wasn't it wasn't the first IR book that I had read, but um, my aunt really liked that book and she's heavy into IR. And she was like, you should read this book and it's really good. It's a modern day twist on Beauty and the Beast. And I was just like, I don't wanna read that. She also wanted me to read, um, I think Pepper Pace has a book about a blind priest. Is that the same or no? Is that somebody? Mm. Is there somebody no. blind? No, 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 no. He he's not a priest. He's not a priest. But yes, yes, it is someone who's who's like gorgeous and blind and has all this other stuff going for him. But he's blind. Yeah. 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 So so she wanted me, and so I read Beast, and I was just like, eh, it's okay. What what bothers me a lot um, in these books, and I think specifically with that, like you said, Ashley is this beautiful girl, but she's a larger sized woman. And um, she didn't find value in herself or she didn't feel she in the book, it would say that she felt fine with the way that she is and she accepted who she was, but the men that she was attracted to weren't attracted to her simply because of her size and she had to lose this weight in order to appear attractive and get I just because when she went out with her friends like she went out with her friends shortly after the breakup and um there was a guy oh right yeah so and so they went on and so her friends were kind of like her so she the friends were setting her up set up one of her friends up with this very attractive man and then there was this shorter okay looking guy that she didn't like and her friend was explaining to her that this is the type of guy that you would get. Like, this is the best that you could do. And I think, <laughs> um, I didn't like that. And I, and I and I was like, it's a real thought, but when I'm reading these books, I'm always like, it's fantasy too, but I well, just- I, I, think some, I think something you missed in that though, was the friend that said that her husband was an ex football player. Right. And the, pers- mm-hmm. the person that she was trying to hook her up with was she wasn't thinking, right, he was a pediatrician, so yeah. she's thinking, okay, the, you know, you, you've made your career, you're doing well for yourself, he's doing well for himself, you know, he's mm-hmm. educated, he's this, this, and this, but he would be a good match for you, and she's looking at the other guy because he looks good, but I don't know if you caught this, but at one point in the book, it talks about her being biracial, Yeah, and, um, yeah. and, and she, and so when it, um, it's something with her. I don't think she ever was comfortable with herself because when she talks about her family and um, how they look at her and how they kind of put her down and like she's not the person, you know, that they're always, oh, Ashley is just so sweet. Ashley is this. And. No, it, it's like, you know, she's the one that, yeah, you know, you need to do better. You know, how could you let go of this good looking guy and how, you know exactly. that type of thing yeah so i think she i think she was always of the mindset when you have so many people telling you you have a pretty face 
and but you know you need to lose weight so what she also did was she compensated by keeping her hair and her nails done like wearing designer clothes and the stuff she wore she knew how to dress to make herself look good and to but once she started this relationship with Christopher she started to see that that you know that was just the outward trapping yeah here was this guy that that had none of that I mean other than having like a banging body um he he really was not anything that anybody would be attracted to but at one point I think her her friends were even like hey are you just on the rebound is that is that why you're dating this guy well, I don't, she's, I don't, no, I don't think they were. I think because she always, they, they, they hadn't met them. Did actually, yeah, yeah, yeah I think I thought it, yeah, her, the guy friend, but I thought he was asking her that in jest. No, no, no. It was the girlfriend that said it, that, that asked her, um, are you just doing this, you know, because you're rebounding from him, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, but, and then she got upset because she was thinking, well, you know, they're thinking that I have to have a man and I'm just willing to do anything, you know, to have a man. Yeah. Yep. But that's that's also the thought that people that's the type of societal pressure that people put on plus size women, that we would just take anything because we want love. And it's like this this very kind like Chris, I'm not going to take it from him. He's very nice gentleman from West Virginia. So he's a country boy and he's a military man. So there's like a level of respect that he just automatically has because it's ingrained in him to be this way. But Mm -hmm. he's just extremely unattractive. And I was like, this is this is how you find value in yourself through this gentleman. And I it just it bothered me just because I like to have my heroines be stronger than that like at the end of the day she still found value in herself through him versus it being something that she came up with on her own and but again it's she had a lot of trauma she her it took her a very long time to break up with her ex like he had done a number of things to her and she would constantly take him back um and constantly be in a position of being hidden as well in that relationship so it was it just it it just rang off to me and I don't know if it's just like me being a plus-size woman and just knowing that I try to issue um try to ignore all of those thoughts that society tries to place on us like you're not beautiful. You can't attract, get this wonderful guy or things of that nature. Um, like your value, if you're a heterosexual woman, your value has to come. You, cause it's happened to me before. Like I remember I was at a, a Thanksgiving dinner with a coworker a few years ago. And, um, and I'm not trying to date, and, <laughs> but I was at this dinner and this guy, first of all, and I feel like I'm a catch all the way across the board. Like I, I'm amazing. And so this gentleman was very low vibrational and (laughs) he was very, and I wasn't checking for him and I did not want anything to do with him. However, at this dinner, he mentioned that he found me to be attractive and this very slender black woman comes up to me and she's like, you guys should date. I think you guys would be a great couple. And I was like, why? Like, 
number he's nothing that I would even be he's not even it wasn't even about him being attractive tall or anything like that he just wasn't on my level mentally he just wasn't on my level financially like he just wasn't it but it's like and I also and it wasn't I wasn't trying to be coupled up but I was just like why do you think that this plus size woman needs to talk to this quote-unquote for lack of a better term loser just because I'm plus size and he says I'm cute like there's nobody else that's gonna tell me I'm cute so now I need to talk to him and so for me with her being in a situation where she's around a lot of people and they don't see her beauty aside from her cute face and the only person that was ready to embrace her and take her out was this insanely deformed gentleman and so um it just it was just I was just like oh so you're you're still saying that yes he has this amazing body yes he has this amazing personality but it's she he wasn't somebody that she would normally have been attracted to and he was horrifically deformed it wasn't like um a situation it's kind of like that movie mask with Cher and that guy that had that yes. big face you know it's like mm-hmm. that situation and even though and I said he looks like uh the dude from Goonies which the way she described him because and his face was deformed because of the bilateral cleft but it's also scarring from the surgeries because he yes. his family was lower income so they couldn't pay appropriately and the doctors didn't do work correctly so that messed him up as well but it just i was just like oh and then you know at the end because it's based on beauty and the beast you guys know that fairy tale so obviously this man becomes beautiful in the end but it's like oh okay now he's beautiful now everybody's cool with her being with him it was just on both sides it just bothered me all together like his the people were like his co-workers were like you should talk to her they would call her the little trooper but they're like you should definitely date her but they were pushing him towards her because she was a bigger sized woman so they knew that she would be more open to talking to him versus somebody else and he even had the story even though he had it wrong about his high school crush and how he told the girl that he liked her and then they moved away and she didn't say anything to him and he had gone through years thinking that he would never tell anybody that he cared about them anymore because he would feel that rejection so right these were these thoughts that i had well now now i don't know if you remember um after he had things done and he started looking good you remember she started feeling self-conscious like he was the beautiful one yeah and that she was but because she started making that but but one thing i don't like that sometimes they do and I don't think it's intentional, is um, kind of the white savior syndrome. Absolutely. In some of these books, and I, I don't think it was necessarily done here. I think it was just the person. It wasn't intended to mean you need a white man to save you. But in a lot of IR books, the way they, they come across, especially the trope, the billionaire trope, which oh. I absolutely hate, because oh. when they do that, it, when they do that, there's never an educated black woman or a businesswoman, or it's always somebody who's like the the waitress who was serving at the restaurant or 
you know, the yeah. hooker who was on the street or, you know, somebody who, so somebody, <laughs> well, now, you know, know, Tiffany Patterson with her, with um, Aaron's patience, Aaron, patience was a librarian and Aaron was a billionaire. But, but they grew up together, different. but yeah, but yeah, but, but, I but, get what you're but that's different. That's yeah. different. I was reading one book one time where this girl was at a party, and I don't remember what it was, but this girl was like at a party and she, I don't remember if she was a server or what, but anyway, she ended up having like this, I don't even know who could call it a one night stand because they ended up doing the doing a limousine and she was right. pregnant. Okay. And, um, and, and the crazy thing was, after this one night, these however many minutes in a limousine, she gets pregnant and then, you know, she has a baby or whatever. And when he finds this out, he's all ready to embrace this. No, that is like, okay, I realize this is fiction, but I don't want my fiction to seem like fantasy. Right, right. And that that's what this type of stuff feels like. Yeah. I don't like the thing where it's like there's, a black female who has some type of conflict in the beginning that mm -hmm. she can't figure out on her own that it takes right. the white man to save her exactly. you know, to figure this out and it, that's it, what I was saying with this I felt like and I and I agree I don't know if it was necessarily intentional and it could just me put, putting my bias on it but I just was really like I would have loved for her to go through this arc while she's dating him like i'm not saying that they shouldn't date i think like it's very it's a beautiful story but her worth was found in him and you could tell that that was the case because originally she was the pretty one and then when he um became handsome as the beast did in beauty and the beast she started feeling worthless because at that point he's fine and he's six foot five and he has a big dick and he got these piercing blue eyes. Oh no, they were gray. And they were gray eyes. But... Gray eyes. He has, and he's tall. And you know, and he's in the military, so he's tens across the board. So I understood it, but 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 that part though, that's I did appreciate Christopher letting her know, like you still are the one. Like I, I he handled that very well. Like I'm not even going to take that away, but. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, but, but I did not necessarily see it as her being saved by him. I saw it as their relationship developed and she started seeing more of him. It helped her to see more of herself. It wasn't so much that he was doing things that was giving her self-confidence as the fact that she was seeing him and how he lived his life and the type of person he was that Very inspired true. her. Not not that he necessarily made her change. Like she felt like she had to change for him. Like the first guy, you know, she felt like she had to look good for him, but um, it wasn't like she felt like she had to, well, actually, yes, she did. Start trying to lose weight and stuff after yeah. breaking up with him. But um, yeah. And then when he but, but, wanted to come see her and you know, I was glad that she rejected him, but you know, her initial response was, "Yes, come see me." And my and I've lost all this weight, and I look great now. So um, she was, but but then when he did, she realized that you know what, that's um, not what I want. And exactly, that I love that. I guess maybe she was in love with the idea of being in love, and you know, some people just they have someone that 
looks good and treats them like crap, but because they look good and somebody's going to see them with them and Mm -hmm. they've got this good looking person, they're willing to put up with their mess because they look good and they might have certain things and, you know, they're, they're willing to do that just for appearances and but they're miserable inside yep exactly 100 percent. you're right i agree with you so yes you guys y'all should read beast and let us know what side you're on are y'all loving this and again going back to what you were saying before like these people have regular jobs. He was not a billionaire. She's not a waitress. She had a very good government job and he was in the military. He uh, was in the Marines and he was a part of a battalion that did very high risk work. And so, but he, they also supervised when they weren't on missions, they were in this, they were securing this building. So um, I definitely appreciated the fact that that's these those are people that would see each other. It's possible, you know, like (laughs) it wasn't like she she had to be so beautiful and he had to be so wealthy to catch her eye. You know, usually I think I've read a book. Oh, no. um, I didn't he didn't start off that way, but there is a. D.A. Young has a book similar to Beauty and the Beast with, um, but this gentleman got deformed because of a car accident. No, a fire. Was it a fire? I think it was. I need to, I want to interview her, so I need to make sure. But but he was severely deformed. Yes, it was. It was fire. Somebody threw a Molotov cocktail on him. So yeah, he was deformed because of a fire. And, um, but he was an NBA star prior to that. So he had a lot of money. And so it kind of, you would people would pay attention to him because he was wealthy so i appreciated the fact that christopher and the people in his friend his book this book called him beast as well um he was a humble gentleman from meager from a meager upbringing a close-knit family um but his friends respected him just because of who he was so and the same for ashley Everybody respected her. The people who knew her loved her just because of the type of individual she was, not because of anything else they had to offer. So I definitely wanted to shout out that part because (laughs) there's so many tropes within these book genres that get a little bit annoying at times. But I always like the more realistic lens of a book. Yes, because... when I'm reading I want to read something like I said I don't want to read something that seems like fantasy I want to read something that's like real life to me like if I was riding in the car and I looked out the window that this might be something that I see or if I'm sitting in the restaurant that this might be something that I see Mm -hmm. you know I I don't want to see the the unrealistic pretty woman type stuff yeah yeah exactly Although we live in a day and age now where you can become an unrealistically pretty woman for $10,000 or less. <laughs> <laughs> well. So you never know, <laughs> especially in, in the D.C. area specifically. Uh, these women, they <laughs> love their plastic surgery. <laughs> I'm always like, dang, you are a gorgeous lady. 
thank you. I went to Dr. Joseph Matthews. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Shout out to you, Dr. Matthews. <laughs> or Dr. Alani, <laughs> like they, they listed. So <laughs> yeah. that's it. So y'all read it. I, I'm so excited that you, you, you changed my perspective a little bit. Just a little bit. I, I did go That's back. Yeah, I, I, went, <laughs> I did, I'm not going to fake. I did go back and read it, but I did not finish it. Because I was like, I did not enjoy this book when I read it before. And usually I'd push through, but I was like, I've already read it. I actually purchased it. So I was like, well, I did my part for her. Even though I didn't like it, I'm always, I'm going to support. I'm going to buy y'all's books. I'm not going to pirate them. Oh, wow. I'm going to buy. <laughs> oh what? Yeah, I I I went a step beyond. I I got it on my Kindle. I actually um I've been a fan of hers for years. So I met another author because I'm I'm like the type that I like if I'm reading your book and it's really good. I am quick to hop in your DMs and be like, oh gosh, that book was really good. And I've made quite a few author friends that way. And um one of those friends actually introduced me to Pepper Pace and I was like all fangirling y'all and she signed a copy of Beast for me oh no that's right Go and I was like yeah but then after that I got back to um, my hotel room and I looked in the mirror and I had a dot of foundation on my nose and I was like super embarrassed but hey I got to meet Pepper Pace so (laughs) and she didn't tell you to blend real quick sis (laughs) nobody nobody told me because I you know when I get on a subject I like I just usually I'm I'm a little shy, um, a little socially awkward, but like we were there and when I get on a subject I like I don't shut up. Mm. So I met her and I was with my other friend and it was just a group of 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 readers and writers and I was just I was just so psyched that I wasn't thinking about that. I came down and I just, you know, and then when I got back and saw that I thought, oh well. <laughs> She already saw me. I got the book signed. <laughs> yep. She's a pretty cool person, too. Because I've met her a few times, but yeah. We got to have her on. <laughs> got to slide it hey, up. Well, you know what? Said, well, a lot of them are doing Kindle Vela now. So it is, that's, but that's a totally different subject. Yeah, we can talk about Kindle Vela next week. We can break that. Because I, I still don't understand it all the way. Although I like, I gotta buy tokens, and it's yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so before we close out, because I can talk to you all the time, but uh, <laughs> you got a job and you got children, and <laughs> you're a busy lady. I want to talk about a beautifully written, gritty urban fiction novel called Bambi by Lady Nisha. Now, picture this, Isha. I just really need you to picture this. It is, I don't know what year it is, but you have a 10-year-old son. It is midnight. And this little boy is rapping all the lyrics to Nelly's tip drill at midnight. He got to go to school in the morning. And he is just bad and you're trying to be like you need to go to bed you need to go to bed and he's being raised by his grandfather who is a pimp 
<laughs> like a real live pimp. Okay. And, yes. His grandfather is a pimp and he has hoes and the hoes are in the house raising this 10 year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. Cause you know what? I want to start singing, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> He's right. This is how the book starts off. Okay. He's sitting there. Must be your ass because it ain't your face. Like, you're like, boy, you need to take your ass to bed. <laughs> so, anyhow, that's how the book starts off. He got it's like three hoes living in the house with this pimp who's his grandfather and this little boy. And he has uh one of the hoes has a child as well. And he the other boy, and they're the same age, but they're being raised as brothers, even though they're not. And so they go to school. And then they finally, he goes to bed, he goes to school. There's like an altercation that happens in the house in the morning because, of course, it's a whole house. Things are going to happen. <laughs> they go to school. <laughs> they go to school. And uh, they're bad because the grandfather lets this 10-year-old child do whatever he wants. Nobody can chastise him. Nobody can reprimand him. Nobody can do anything to him because he wants this boy to grow up to be the most savage man, the most that just will not allow any woman to infiltrate his mind or anything. So he's growing him up like that. So they're at school. The pimp is at the house with the hose in the middle of the day and the phone rings. It is the school principal. You need to come up here and get your child and your other child. They are facing expulsion. They go up to the school. The hoes go up to the school. They dress like hoes. The pimp is going to the school. <laughs> the pimp's coming to the school as well. And they talk to the principal. These two young men are auditioning other 10 year old girls to be a part of a host squad oh <laughs> that's how the book starts off so now i will give you the names of these people the two 10 year old children you have king carter who was the young boy and he also his favorite rapper is tupac Tristan Carter is the is Sadie. That's one of the hoes. That's her son who's being raised as King's brother. The pimp's name is Slade. There is also uh, a hoe by the name of Tina in there, but she leaves. There's Sadie, and then there's Kimmy. So wait, 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 wait. How how do um King and say Tristan? Yes. How do they have the same last name? Are they the pimp's kid? or No, they're not the pimp's kid, but the pimp took ownership of the kids. Like, the pimp. Okay. Yeah. So, nobody knows okay. who Tristan's daddy is because his mama is a hoe. It could be anybody's. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to giggle, but you have such a way of presenting things that sometimes you're just funny without, be, being, without meaning to be funny. <laughs> so, King is a for real so king is slade's grandson his father was murdered um his father was murdered because his mom king's mom was a setup girl and so she played which is which oh. is why the grandfather so because his son was murdered because um his his king's mother his his okay so king's father's name is prince so prince was set up by 
<laughs> and I can't remember her real name, her name in the book, but his mother. And so he was murdered. And because that happened, Slade has this savage mentality. Like he doesn't want his grandson to be put into a situation where a woman can infiltrate his mind like that and make him go crazy and and potentially lose his life or lose something. So he has this really fucked up mentality that he has for years imparted into King. Like that's just the prequel. That's how the book starts, all right? Okay. So So this really setting us up for something. Yes, yes, I had to set you up for that. So now we get into the actual book. At this point, it's 14 years later, King's 24. He um he's a club promoter. He's a very and this is based in Detroit. He's a club promoter, really famous club promoter. In addition to that, he and his brother Tristan have a security company. And so they have security guards. So they're doing really well for themselves, especially at the age of 24. They are also male. They, they're like trifling ass 24 year old fine black men. They just sit there and fuck everybody that they see that looks good to them. And so they wind up at a hotel. The manager of the hotel's name is Bambi, the name of the book. And King sees her and in his typical as he's been raised by a pimp their initial interaction is not great he's trying to proposition her for sex he sees her standing behind the desk and he's like damn you fine um you want to come upstairs and he has another girl with him you want to come upstairs with me and this girl he's like come on up here you look real good i i don't even say this i'll eat your pussy i don't even eat pussy like he's just really and and bambi is a classy lady she's like and and Wait, wait, wait. And he's saying this in front of his girl. He's saying it in front of his girl, in front of other people. Like, everybody's checking in. They're at the front desk. (laughs) (laughs) So, and Bambi's a classy lady, and she's looking around like, am I being punked? Is this for real? And so, she rightfully curbs him. Tristan, at this point, comes in, and he's just as crazy. And he's looking, he's like, oh, yeah, she is beautiful. Like... Is she coming upstairs with us? The 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 two boys and this one girl. Like, <laughs> and she's like, no, y'all need to leave. Y'all need to get your key and go wherever you want. Um, The girl that King was with, she says something to offend him, and he just passes her off to Tristan. He's like, no, I'm going to leave and come back to see Bambi. He's like, what time you get off work? She's like, I get off at 7. He's like, okay, I'll be back at 7. She really got off at 5 a.m., but... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'm I'm like, wait, he approached her like that and she's actually talking to him after that? Yes. Okay, go ahead. She says it's customer service. She's at the <laughs> She says she gets off work at seven. She's trying to get him to leave because he's also a very imposing figure. Like he's a, a big I guess he's a big guy. She doesn't do a lot of description of him, but he's apparently a big guy, but he's also very popular in Detroit, like I said, a very popular club promoter. A lot of people that are in this hotel are coming there because I feel like it might have been New Year's Eve, but they're coming to the hotel after a party that he had just done. So everybody there knows who he is and they and they know his personality. Everybody also is quite aware that he was raised in a whorehouse. So it's like people know that you're if you raise in a whole house, your brain does not operate in the normal way. 
Anyway, she lied. She was just trying to get him to leave. She was really supposed to get off work at 5 in the morning, but something happened. She wanted to leave him at 7. They encounter each other again. She curbs him again. And uh, so they they have this back and forth for a little while. Then they finally meet. Um, she has a, her cousin's name is Shayla. And so they meet at a club again, and it's Shayla Bambi. And they meet Tristan and King at a club. And so once they meet each other at this club, they establish a friendship first. And it's more so like he comes off abrasive in the beginning, but he kind of, he's funny. Like he says these rude things, but he does like funny things and he's considerate specifically only to her. Like he's a jerk to everybody else, but for Bambi, he's very kind and conscientious, like things of that nature and so they wind up falling in love and getting into a relationship and it's hard for him because he's never been in a relationship before he's always been told to don't trust these hoes and so it's just this extremely tumultuous love story that everybody should read and it and when I say it's tumultuous it goes over a series of three books like there's Bambi one baby two baby three Excuse me. I'm sorry. That was a sneeze. That wasn't a laugh. That was a sneeze. You can laugh. But yes, they have this wild and crazy relationship. There's a lot of sex involved. There's a lot of jealousy and fighting because both of them wind up being extremely territorial over each other. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It cracked me up. But again, it was more like He's not a gangster, which is usually when you read these urban fiction books, they're like, there's a gangster, or he's a drug dealer, or he's some type of shooter or something. But I just really like the fact that, and like I said, it started off crazy. He does have a pimp in the in the picture, but he isn't that. He doesn't want to be that. And he's really... He's just out here getting it like a 24-year-old man, a 24-youngster would do, but he's really about his business. And then once he becomes fully ingrained in being with Bambi, their relationship really goes well until it doesn't. And then he realizes, (laughs) yes, ask me all the questions. Okay, so so my question is the way the the author writes it, is the relationship like a believable relationship? Like, is it a, a relationship between them where you see like talking, where you see growth, where you see like a real relationship, not just, yeah. you know, her writing them meeting, them screwing, them breaking no. up, them getting yeah, back no. together. No, there is, okay, there, okay. yeah, no, it's it's a true relationship. Yeah, They go through, again, but they're also very, they're 24, they're young. So they go through young people shit. But yeah, so the relationship, like I said, they start off as friends. And, but it's because she friend zones him. Like he's very clear to her from the beginning. All I want, all I'm trying to do is get your number so that I can have sex with you. Like he's always trying to get her to come over. He's always trying to, and she's always just like, "I'm only gonna be your friend. I'm only gonna be your friend." And then, um, like she's trying to convince herself. <laughs> oh, she's definitely trying to convince herself because she's very attracted to him. But she also, because he's presented, like I said before, she. She's also had a she's also had a rough breakup as well. Like her ex-boyfriend she was with for a number of years consistently cheated on her and he gave her an STD. 
Um, and so, and he also had a baby on the way. The baby, not the first time she, not that the SCD did not stop her from dating the boyfriend. It was the baby. I was like, girl. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Exactly. That's what I said. I was like, oh, he gave you an SCD and you went back, but the baby's where you drew the line, not the SCD. But you know what? But, but, but that's, that's the way girls are now. It, it's totally different. And there, there was um something you said earlier when you were talking about Beast too. When you were talking about the thing with plus size women, I don't know if the if Bambi in this book was plus size or if, if if it even mentions it. But now with this body positivity thing, mm-hmm. um, like like back when Beast was written, it it was a little different because people were more looking at plus size women and, and you know doing the thing oh such a pretty face such a but you know like now um things are so different like even even with relationships like 10 years ago the way you dealt with things is related to how people deal with things now like there were some things in relationships like back in the day you didn't put up with but right. like women women now are willing to share a man you know Absolutely. just because they not I'm like just Mm-mm, no, I mean, just to have a black man, just to have, I'm like, no, no, I, I don't, maybe I've just been raised more liberally, but I've just, you know, been taught, of course, it would have been preferred, you know, that I, I, I marry a black man, but my family also realized that um, as unique <laughs> as I am, that the chances were that I probably wouldn't. <laughs> but 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 with that being said, it was accepted that I would be able to love who I want to love. There are women out there now that as long as they have a black man, they're willing to put up with anything he does. You're and right. That's that, that, that's even with all the with sometimes physical abuse, emotional abuse, and them doing mm-hmm. things like cheating mm-hmm. on them and bringing back STDs or yeah. or you know having their other girlfriends fight them or having them sleep with other women in front of them I mean like crazy yeah. stuff yes. that they're willing to do just to say that they have a man so mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I get it I get it because if, if this book was written fairly recently then yeah that's kind of the way a lot of 20-somethings are now yeah you're right about that and um but yeah so she's attracted to him because of how she was treated in that last relationship at least in her mindset she's like he isn't um he hasn't he's telling me the truth what you see is what you get with him and so she appreciates him being insanely honest and this book probably came out in 2020 because the second one came out in 2021 but um so four years ago but um so yeah so he that the friendship happens and then he it's something flicks off in his mind and he's just like i really want to try to be in a relationship with her and so um there's a girl who he has been sleeping with that feels entitled to be with him and this is always the story i feel like in um urban romance there's always a girl that just will settle for anything and think that it means something like literally he doesn't take her out he doesn't do anything with her but go to his house go to her house sleep with her she cooks for him and she's like 
we're in a relationship when he's basically telling her no we're not in a relationship we're nothing but this girl is like a gnat and she's just always around trying to create confusion in addition to Bambi's ex-boyfriend he's also like trying to create confusion because he can't believe that she actually is leaving him after he's done all of these egregious things he's like I can't believe it and then because King was raised by a pimp her her family doesn't want her to date this man either because it's like what kind of morals does he have like you know so there's there's all of these little interpersonal conflicts that happen within the book in addition to the fact that he is the type of man that he is even though he is trying to be in relationship with her and so in the middle of the book he um it just becomes too much he's she 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 winds up not trusting him um something happens and she winds up like doubting him even though nothing really happened but she winds up doubting him and they break up and then she tries to go back and talk to him and things of that nature but at that point he realizes he's like no I'm really not good for you so he reverts back to the savage that he is and he kind of really goes off on her at a at at this club he um he winds up opening up his own club he starts going off on her on this club and she leaves she's so distraught she's in a car accident and she winds up in a coma and so um and that's when he realizes that he really messed up and he's like praying over her she wakes up and they break up for like a year and then they get back together at the end but but there's like i said there's more books because they still have more turmoil that comes from them but it's a good it's it's interesting story and i say that um because i like like the drama it's a super drama super (laughs) dramatic super dramatic and again it's like like i said the you would see these two kids at the you would see them you would see them at the bowling alley on a date going off on each other and she's not a fat girl but she's bigger than like the video vixens or the quote-unquote fabulous looking women she's probably like an average size she's a beautiful girl but she's like average size like that's the commentary that this one girl that king dates he's she's always like i can't believe this is the type of girl you're trying to be with and he's always like she's beautiful she might be thicker in the waist than you are but she's fine like you know what i mean and so she's not a fat girl but She's not super skinny either. But it is a great book. It's Bambi by Lady Nisha. And I've read almost all of the books that... I feel like I've read all of the books that Lady Nisha has put out. And she writes some crazy shit. So if y'all want to get into... (laughs) This is the... (laughs) This is calm. I would say that. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) This is calm for her. (laughs) Because... The first book that I was introduced to so my my cousin who um, reads a lot of romance novels from all genres, she had me read uh, Catching Flights by Lady Nisha, and that was insane. That's and it's a two parter too. It's Catching Flights and then Catching Feelings. And when I tell you that's a wild that's a wild ride, it's a real wild ride. I guess I may actually have to try out some urban fiction because this just sounds like too um 
I need you to yes 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 you should read you should read (laughs) let me I'm gonna pick up I'm gonna pick a different book for you I want to start you off soft I want you to have like a a good story so I gotta find I'm gonna find something that's nice for you to read (laughs) so 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 have you ever read anything that's like kind of a crossover between IR and urban fiction yeah so I feel like DA Young um she does it really well so she has um and Tiffany Patterson does too are you familiar with Tiffany Patterson yeah well I am I've I've read most of her stuff but I was thinking about Jan Jan so I haven't read Jan Jan Untamed yet I have not oh my gosh Okay, so you have to try View from the Bottom because this book is like, wow. She is very different from any author I've ever read. She like really, she really chose the line, but the stuff she writes is like so well. It's like stuff you couldn't imagine happening. And this book, A View from the Bottom, is like, it is, well, it's like IR, it's almost like urban, and it's, it's just really, I think you would like it. Somebody else told me that, can I, and she's always referenced in um, in IR books. You know, people, somebody will be reading some kind of uh, erotica, and they're always like, we're reading the next Jan Jan Untamed. And I'm like, because she does, the, she's the person who kicked off those Lunchtime Chronicles, right? No, 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 that was, um, oh gosh, that's um, Sierra London. Okay, because because all of the I think, authors, I think it's right? Yeah, yeah, but all of the authors give her a short story though, right? Because I feel right, like because so, Keita Kendrick did one in the Carolina Reaper, and she did a right, so, so they do novellas, um, and yeah. and the Lunchtime Chronicles, yeah, and they have season, they have season. So I want to think they are. I want to think they were like at season five last year. I'm not sure, but they um, do Lunchtime Chronicles. And then um, Phoenix Daniels does Cage Chronicles, and those are a bit racier. So, um, so Phoenix Daniels. Yeah. When we talk about <laughs> when we talk about the way that authors edit, I have things to say about that. <laughs> when we have that okay. conversation, but okay, um, that'll be interesting. It'll, yeah, yeah, it will be. So we've talked much longer than our hour, which is wonderful because that means that this is a hit. We have so many things to say. I've enjoyed our second episode. It will be our sec. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to post it. Um, before I sign off, I'm excited too. I know we did it. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm glad that you're sticking around for a little while. I'm glad you're like not even nervous you're super comfortable so um yeah so i feel like we're gonna shut it off here tell everybody thank you so much for listening Um, thank you for listening yeah until next week until next week please follow us on this podcast is available wherever you can find a podcast like i'm very for real there is no place that a podcast exists that this is not so definitely listen 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 subscribe tell everybody blast it out we're on twitter instagram facebook tiktok we're on all the socials at 
Urban Whispers Podcast. I think that's the name. That's the handle. Urban Whispers Podcast on all of social. And thank you guys so much. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.